0: The church in our wisdom has set apart today's gospel in order to show the true centrality of the teaching. But at the same time, we need to keep in mind the context if we're going to get that, that central meaning. And, and you see, before this, our Lord had addressed the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees with a parable. And in this parable, he presents these Jewish authorities As not understanding love, these men do not understand what it means to love. They don't know what it means to love God, and they don't know what it means to love one another. And of course, they're insulted. Wouldn't you be? And so they try and trap Jesus. First, they ask him about taxes. And like people today, they're looking for the first guy that says, I'm going to make your taxes lower. He usually gets my vote. But our Lord says this instead. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and what belongs to God to God. This is not what they want to hear. They're hoping that Jesus is going to be the guy that expels all the Romans. Not so. Then they ask about marriage and the life to come. You might remember this gospel. They pose this silly hypothetical. And Jesus says to them, You belong to God. You don't belong to one another. You belong to God. And that's far greater. And again... They're insulted. But if you look at today's reading, the scribe is pleased with the answer. This is different. He's, you know, at this point in time, there's roughly 638 commandments that the Jews are expected to observe, and so they're arguing about which is the greatest. And it kind of goes back and forth between love God and love your neighbor. But Jesus says they're one and the same. You don't have one without the other. And so he settles this debate, because, you know, despite all these issues, we we get kind of caught up in the minutia, we get caught up in the small things about how to follow God, that we forget the one overriding principle, the one thing that dictates all of them. Love God with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, And love your neighbor as yourself. That is the central principle. And knowing this in our hearts, living it out in our lives, it answers all the other questions. And we heard people again and again question our Lord about things like marriage and divorce. How do I gain eternal life? How am I great? And the answer to all of them is love God with your whole self and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Remember that in this point, Jesus is already teaching in the temple. And so whenever you hear the temple, you should think the presence of God. And whenever you hear Jerusalem, you should think heaven. And so so here he is. He's in heaven, teaching people about heaven. And he is the presence of God. And so what does he do here? He teaches us to love God and love our neighbor. And then in the same place, He will be condemned, crucified, and resurrected. And then, in this place, he's already left us his body and blood, you and I. He's left us his body and blood in the Eucharist that we celebrate here. So he's doing it all right. He's not only showing you love God and love your neighbor. That's the central command. You know, it's easy to say those are the words, but then he shows us what that looks like. He gets up on a cross and he says, "You know what?" This is what love looks like. I think a lot of us get this idea of love as this happy feeling. We get this idea of love as this nice emotion. But that doesn't look that nice. You see, love is about vulnerability and so he opens his arms. And you know what? It's real easy to get hurt when your arms are this wide open. It's really easy for them to stick you in the heart with a lance. And that's what love looks like. And sometimes that's what it ends like. But then he also gives us the grace to also love like that by leaving us himself in order that we can also love like that. <clears throat> you see, I don't know if you notice, but in a lot of my homilies I try and take back words. A lot of times I think Christians have these words and then that the world sometimes tries to mix them up a little bit. Things like peace. Joy. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about perfection and how that's misunderstood. And I think a lot of our answers is kind of taking them back and remembering what they mean and then using that to inform how we live our lives. And so what is love? I've been throwing this word around a lot. And so if I said it isn't this happy emotion that the world tries to teach you or it's this nice feeling, it must be something else. And i like to go back to St. Thomas Aquinas. I think he's got this really good definition. that It's, it's very workable. It's something you could hold on to. <clears throat> love is the act of willing of the good of another, even at your own expense. To love another person is to actively will their good, even when it costs you. Kind of different than what we hear it about on the news or in media or television, movies. You know, it's really easy for me to kind of walk away and just leave this as an abstraction, right? This is nice, fluffy ideas out there, and I don't have to bring it here, where we are. So what does this really mean? What does this look like? I'll take the challenge. Let's do it. I was at at lunch with a friend, um, and he's recently come into Catholic Church. Nice guy, and... He's been struggling with a particular issue that's a struggle for a lot of people in, in, in the Catholic Church, and that issue is gay marriage. And he himself is not gay, but his mother is a lesbian, and she has a wife, and they live together. And so he's, he asked me, you know, how do I relate to my mom? How do I relate to my own mother? Whew, Okay. You see, they've never had a good relationship, but him becoming Catholic has kind of been the sticking point for them. So suddenly there's a face, and there's a reason why they, don't, they think they don't get along, even though they've never gotten along particularly well. And so they look at the Catholic Church and say, you know, what, what the Church teaches, that's why we're stuck here. This is why we can't get along. And so I said to them, you know, the Catholic Church is your opportunity to make your relationship awesome. To make it truly amazing. You see, our teaching comes from that principle we've spoken about. All of our teaching, whether it's issues like the death penalty, whether it's abortion, contraception, all of it comes from this idea that we are here to love God with our whole selves and to love our neighbor. And so he asked me, how do I relate to her? The answer is love. Love. You love her. Well, what does that look like? Well, it means you respect her. You see that she is a beloved daughter of God, and she deserves your respect. You show her tender kindness because you see Jesus Christ in her, and hopefully she's going to see Jesus Christ in you. How lovely would it be to encounter God in my mother and for her to find him in me? You have compassion for her. Compassion, com, passio. Latin for to suffer with. When she hurts, you hurt too. That's what that looks like. You do not condemn her. You do not tell her her soul is lost and you don't tell her that she's evil. Do you love all of her choices? No, not necessarily but it means that when she needs you, you're there. You know, many Catholics in the church think that gay marriage is morally permissible. And that's something we have to talk about. But you see, I think a lot of people, I I would wager that everybody knows where the Catholic Church stands on a lot of these issues, like contraception where we stand on abortion, where we stand on gay marriage. But I'm going to tell you this. I bet a lot of people don't know why we teach what we teach. But I'm going, to say, I'm going to assure you right now that all of it is rooted by the greatest commandment, to love God and to love your neighbor. Our teaching is not about exclusion or restricting or condemning. It's about inclusion, and it's about exhorting to the world that we love God and we love our neighbor. And so I ask you, I invite you to, because that's what love is. Love is, if it's an, if, if it's an act of willing, then it's first, in, first, it's an invitation, and then second, it is a decision, and it's a willingness to love. Love is, it's a lot of work, isn't it? It's easy to put up our guard not to do this. This is hard. This takes, this takes a lot of courage. And so I invite you, lovingly, to think about making God, making love of God and love of neighbor central to all your decision making. Bring it to the world. Bring it to your, to your families. Bring it to your spouse. As a, bring it as a child or a parent. Bring it to your work. Bring it to the world and see. See how everything has to change. Everything does change. The world wants to see God show them love rightly but I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to look weird. You're going to stand out. They're not going to understand. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, back on the hilltop, they're asking me how I'm going to vote. They know that I follow politics probably too closely, which is why I'm always angry. <laughs> it's why I usually eat alone. That's not, it's not true. Now, I'm not going to tell you where I stand on particular issues and politicians and propositions, but I'm going to tell you this. When considering my position, I ask, what loves God and what loves neighbor? Bring that. And it's going to be weird. It's going to look a little different, but it looks right. It looks right, but people look at that and say, I don't like it. It's strange. It's threatening. You know, I, I keep coming back to this book. And if you get the chance, don't read the whole, well, you can read the whole book, but it's long. It's uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. It's worth, it's worth picking up if you have the time. But there's a particular section, and I do invite everyone to take this. It's called The Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor. And in it, People are living their lives and suddenly, bang, just Jesus comes and he's this human and he's walking around and they know it's Jesus. And he's teaching all the same things and he's giving the same message. And they crucify him again. And you know, I I gotta wonder I gotta wonder if society would crucify Jesus again, if he was saying the same things he said. And I got to wonder if I would do it. I wonder if Jesus came back again would I put him on the cross again? Yeah. I don't know. We're called to love, but you know, I I don't know. Hope not.